Welcome back. It's a new day in the workroom, so to speak, because we are talking about Canada's Drag Race Season 3 again this time. We're going, we, we did the Queens in the last episode, part two. Now we're going to be doing the actual challenges, the looks, some of the storylines that went on through the episodes. Deep dive. Deep yes, dive. Continuing. <laughs> we, we are still deep in, in mm-hmm. it. And one thing to say, and I, I don't think this season changed anything, is the producers, the, the task setters in Canada's Drag Race are the best in the world. Yeah, and the people who are coming up the runways as well. I think that there is just, they 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 understand the assignment. They understand the assignment oh, yes. and they get it right. And what's actually a crime is that none of the other franchises are looking at them as any sort of like, like no one's taking notes from them and they should be. I wouldn't be surprised if we do see some, like as we come into like the next season of, of next couple of seasons of US, I think we could see some of the, the tricks and tips and tricks that, that have been given on Canada, like taken into their, uh, taken into, into there. And like, it's the, we could even see some of the challenges showing up. I would be excited for some of those. Yeah. I like straight out the gate, Having a fun streetwear challenge. It was like a mini challenge. You know, it was like kind of reminiscent of what they were doing in season 12 and 13. The autumn fall looks or whatever. And then main challenge is like, what you're wearing, rip it up and make another garment. Thank you very much. See you. Bye. Like, fucking genius. Why? Like, 30, 40 versions of the show. No one's come up with that yet. Brilliant. I, I mean, it was a opening challenge for like season eleven of Project Runway. Don't come for me. This isn't a Project Runway. I think. Okay. But I, and, and I have always been like, well, that is a really fun idea because it literally is like this: the clothes you're wearing now turn it into a look. Uh, they had another one where they people had to like, you know, they woke them up at like six in the morning and they were like, okay, you're bring your duvet with you. You have to make an outfit out of that. But I, I did. Well, I think that even to that point, then if it if it was already there, why hasn't anyone go to do it before them? That makes everyone else look even worse. That is true. Project <laughs> Runway was just sitting right there. Brooke did say during that we aren't Project Runway, we are Drag Race. And I thought that like it was such a clever way of kind of like turning that challenge on its head. Because normally you get the like the runway part to that and then it goes on and there's like a separate part to the, the challenge. Like this linked it all together. And it was so interesting to be able to see what they had worn and then what they were able to do. And it set, I think it set the tone for a few characters within the show as kind of like who they were going to be. Like I think Lady Boom Boom had an amazing first episode in that she was able to like take this witty like juicy couture with the the tongue like really kind of like witty kind of like you know pop culture reference and then turn it into this like super high fashion sort of black kind of creepy looking thing. like it was it showed you who she was that she had both of those at her at her disposal i do think jada shada hudson had a sort of a good one where it was kind of like i can be this kind of like street wear kind of wearing kind of like you know bad bitch but then also I have this sort of, I own this 51% of this company style of like, like it was just interesting. Like you get to know the cast in a really unique way. And challenge, I love makeup or, challenge, or, makeup, or uh, sewing challenges as well. So I was in first. Yeah, again, I thought Bombay had a really strong week as well. Like again, first one into the runway. And I like, people are very familiar with that paint look that we mentioned in the last episode. Or very familiar with that festival and the you've holy, seen people do it in the it. cities that you're living in. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that we haven't seen that on the runway yet makes you think like, why? Why have we not like why have we not cast anybody for whom this is like a really accessible look for them? Yeah, I don't know. It's bonkers. But yeah, brilliant first first challenge. I thought Bombay did well with their really sort of high two two look yeah. that they made out of their previous uh streetwear. Yeah, really, really clever. 
the who knows i guess was kind of similar to the down under brunch hosting gig i don't think it works that well i also think the way it was edited made it really hard to know who was doing well and who was bombing because there was just a lot of not laughing and mm-hmm. yes you kind of just felt like god they're all bombing and then the critiques were like you did so well and it's like okay really okay i'm so confused yeah i, I now that I'm, now I'm thinking about this again like it was uh, fierce delicious and and kimmy couture throughout the entire episode there had been this build-up of like you know it, that they were doing super poorly that they weren't able to like there was just like a constant drip 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 of like this these are the ones that were going to fail and then they turned around and they actually did quite well and i actually think it kind of did a bit of a disservice to the two of them in terms of developing their characters because it made them look like vapid and superficial but then there was no kind of real acknowledgement of the fact like you know it sort of showed them being vapid and stupid and not really knowing but there was never any kind of like moment to be like oh no but actually they did then put their head down and work and came up with some like really funny jokes and some funny bits it was it, that sort of challenge the kind of like the rope the, the the they did the, the like the the season seven uh awards as well and they did the, the brunch, oh yeah the despy the awards like i, I you know the the hosting with another person like it, I don't know it didn't land as well as the brunch did I think that like they should have just stuck they should stick to the world that the drag queens exist in so doing something like a brunch or doing something like a drag bingo or something like a kind of a you're hosting a a, a drag wellness event at like a cor- pride corporate like something like that rather than this sort of you know the standard kind of like Emmy or Golden Globes intro bit yeah because even think of the actual award show presenters aren't even that funny anyway like they're always like this really sort of stilted comedy bits that people act and like yeah i don't it, like it's <laughs> there's very few jokes you can make and like i think everybody made some rendition of the what ward ceremony are we at what's it called the who knows who knows what this is i don't watch it or yeah it was like it, it was everyone was making the same joke so yeah good in principle but i think um yeah, I, I don't think the award show aspect of it worked. And I think the Despies is actually a good, a good example of that. Um, episode three then was the Ruettes. You said this is one of your favourites. Yeah, I just thought it was a really fun idea. Like, I, I we haven't had a challenge like this before. It was, like, I don't think we've had, like, a straight up kind of, like, dance challenge in this way before. Obviously, there's choreography within, like, lots of the different challenges. But this was something where it was, like it was much more individualized where people got sort of like the moment to sort of do something that I suppose is as well, like an element of, of your drag career. Like I really enjoyed all of the performances that the Queens gave. I loved all the kind of the backstage drama, the sort of, you know, the, 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 it started off the kind of like rocky road of Miss Fiercealistress being a delusional cow this kind of like oh my god she's out to me like the like literal close-ups of like Miss Fiercealistress like staring scowling in the mirror over at uh, at, uh, at Vivian like I I, was, I just thought it was a really clever idea for a challenge as well it really allowed you to in- see each queen individually for a really, a really close-up way that we don't normally get to see them in. I, I, and some of the choreography and some of the performances are really good. I loved getting to see, like, say, Irma being actually quite a good dancer and, like, her partnership with Jada Shada Hudson was something that you felt like when you saw it initially, you were like, well, this is going to be a disaster. And then they were able to bring in uh, into something that not just had the comedy, but also had, like, like some really good, like, actual choreography in it. So, I, I don't know, it just... All over, I was like, this is an, a, an exciting challenge that I haven't seen before that I would love to see on other, other seasons of, of Drag Race. 
Yeah, I, I I think I remember not liking how this was judged. I can't quite remember exactly what I didn't like about it. I think I remember thinking that the queens that were more collaborative deserved to do better. I think if I'm right, is this the one that Jada Shada Hudson no, won? Uh, yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, she yeah. did. And she... it was, I think it was Fierce Delicious and Shadows on the Rue were in the, were in the bottom. Uh, yes. Whereas I thought Fierce Delicious and Bombay did quite a good job because wasn't that the one that like Bombay like death dropped into her arms or something like that like there was, was like, like a guy they kind of played off each other yeah that they were like pretending to be happy but they kept sort of fighting with each other and I thought that was really fun like if you're going to go see two queens duet or lip sync together unless they're fighting against each other you don't just want them dancing on their own individually. Like, I thought this play off each other was really clever and I didn't understand why the judges didn't like it. I I mean, I kind of got it in that the... the I, I, like, I understood why Fierce Licious was in the bottom and, and Bombay wasn't because I think Fierce Licious was clearly, like, bringing her frustration about not getting the song she wanted into the performance and therefore, like, Bombay was giving it loads in the facial expressions and kind of, like, even that, like, gag at the end where it was like, oh, where, you know, kind of, it's like, where she did the kind of fall into the ground or whatever. It's like, she was, like, being goofy with it, whereas Fierce Licious just did look pissed off and, like, she was being forced to do something under duress. And so I was kind of like, no, I was happy that you were put into the bottom. I, I did think that, like, overall... Chaos and uh, and uh, and Shalazan both did quite bad, and I felt like perhaps it would have been better to put the two of them into the bottom at that point because I think that it's like y- y- like I do when when it is like these sort of like duo tasks, I do think it's it's always fairer because to say you know like you know two winners, two people from the same team in the bottom, I don't think it's necessarily fair to to break them up because people will have put the same amount of work in and people have put but anyway so. I, I did think the judging in that way was a bit kind of maybe off, but I also thought that it was probably a good wake-up call for Fierce Delicious because she needed to get a bit of a kick to be able to say, look, you can't be acting like this in the competition. You need to be getting on with people. Yeah. 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 And maybe if she hadn't been in the bottom, she would have like petered out or something. But yeah. yeah. It did sort of give her a kick. Because wasn't she fighting with Shelazon this episode as well? Like, she had a really like... <laughs> arguments the first four episodes or something and then she sort of softened yeah I can't remember exactly what she was fighting with with Shelazon about I think was it to do with like her looks not being kind of yeah I think it was the aesthetic yeah not yeah. being and she was definitely fighting with uh, with, with Vivian because she felt that Vivian had uh, kind of given them a had like given her the dud song on purpose in order to sabotage her and I was like oh god people I like I don't know with that narrative like people People aren't doing that anymore. Like people aren't trying to sabotage no. people with the things. Well, was it not so? Was Monet not doing it in in All Stars? I feel like it was kind of a happy accident. I maybe she did though. I can't remember, but I don't think anyone. I I remember anyone saying kind of like I'm going to 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 give you this part that I know you'll be badass. Did you enjoy Vanjie as a judge? I did. That was one of the things that kind of I wasn't sure how I would feel about going into the season was that there was so many Rue girls on the panel. What about you? Do you think that they deserve that place there? Um, do they deserve it? I mean, uh, yeah, by competing in the show and doing well in it, they, they're just as much a place to critique people as we are, <laughs> if not slightly more. Um, but I, I get what you're saying is like... We should have a clear divide between behind the panel and front of the panel. But I think when the head judge is a former contestant, I think they've already blurred the lines. 
so yeah I liked it I liked the when she got up and gave them the little uh, the spinning yeah. arm move that she does and stuff I thought she was fun especially since there was that like chemistry between her and Brooke, her and Brooke. Yeah. it was kind of magic yeah I um, no I I did I did like and I liked like Jimbo in it as well but I I I don't know I think that um I would have liked the in-between weeks to have judges that maybe were felt a bit like I, I suppose like this is one of the things we've complained about with with sort of some of the Rue Helmed international franchises is that like you often get kind of like a sanitized version of that culture that is like palatable to an American audience because that's what Rue is doing. We're not getting that here. I didn't know who any of the guest judges were. So like, <laughs> but obviously they are people who are well known in Canada and that's what we want because it's like Canada's Drag Race produced by Canadian people for a Canadian audience and then it by sort of proxy will be consumed by people outside of it who enjoy Drag Race. So there's a part of me that goes, well, James, put up with it. But I also am like, you do have lots of Canadians who are successful and famous and you could like outside of Canada and you could have even just one of them you know why not get Avril Lavigne in there just just once you know Carly <laughs> hasn't guess, been on the drag race panel yet has she no like she deserves it no. she deserves it she's hawking a new album get her in there for season four yeah she <laughs> I guess the thing is like not only did I not know any of them I never I didn't find any of them really remarkable any of the guests are just like We've all seen, I guess, judges on it. I'm like, I don't know who this lady is, but I love her. Like, even some of the UK judges, like, there was that guy in season three from Bridgerton who was a really good-looking guy who, like, just came across as really funny and witty and, like, we kind of liked her. Even... Oh, that woman who was that, on a couple of weeks ago. The, Lorraine. The, the woman who ha- who did the shame bell in, in a thing and was from the... for the rusical. She's in Ted Lasso, is what I know her for. Was that the woman who did the shame bell? That was the shame bell. Didn't know that. No. There you go. Yeah, yeah, she was great. Hannah, something. I know we're mostly Waddington from... or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, but even like last week, Lorraine, something. Lorraine the, Pascal, the, the chef. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Like just really charismatic. So maybe they just don't make the most of the guests. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't warm to any of them really. And again, Jimbo. I kind of forgot how much I don't like Jimbo. <laughs> like the arrogance of them, and like. Yeah, they they they've got such an interesting point of view, view in drag, and their drag is really interesting. And who's gonna ever forget that? You know, want some baloney, mama? But like, also then the pure, you know, unadulterated arrogance that came with some of the drag, and I just was like, oh no, actually, I don't want you. I don't want you here. Yeah, so that kind of annoyed me. Another question I actually had was, when they're packaging up the franchise for people to buy right and you know some or to you're like hey we want to buy rupaul's drag race ireland do you think they have to pay extra for the rue mails or is that like an added thing that they can go for oh i'd say they probably would do if they wanted to because well i mean i'm assuming that you don't get them outside well this is canada's the only in english-speaking non-rue-helmed version so like, did we get the room mails in Holland? We got a few of them. Like, well, yeah. we got one that was played. This there was like we got the same video at the end of every episode. Remember, but then there was a personalized one in the finale of season one. Yeah, I. Do you know what I didn't enjoy in this at the very end, where like Rue came in and was like, a Rue the Rue mail was played, and it was like Miss Fierce Delicious, Kimmy Couture, Jada Shay. It was like, and they were like, oh my God, she's saying her name. It's like, no, she's not. She's <laughs> like, like, 
Wow, well done, all four of you. You all look great and did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> so personal. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, so also sorry for season three. They had a really fun challenge, mini challenge of the butch drag date with Brooke. I thought it was really fun. That was That's really even, fun. Your I eyes look like watercolors, you know, from Vivian. Like, yeah, just, really. Like again, the mini challenge has kind of died a death as the show got more successful. The mini challenge has kind of died a death, but this is a fun one, and like, you could definitely imagine them having to do this butch date with, with Ross Matthews or something like that. Could definitely, Absolutely. Tra- you know. yeah, no, they could definitely try that. It would be very fun. I loved that. I thought it was really, really clever, and I did like the amount of mini challenges you got. Like some of them, I was a bit like, okay, we don't need you know, quick drag to like take this like family photograph or quick drag to, you know, kind of, you know, do a thing with, with Brad Goreski. But like uh, this one I thought was really fun. Um, And the reading challenge also this season was quite good. Like there was a couple of, uh, there, there was a, a couple of them that I think genuinely I'm like, I haven't heard that before. And it made me laugh out loud. When Kimmy Couture said to Giselle Lullaby, it was like, oh, Kim, oh, Giselle, body like Coca-Cola in can i was just like that is so funny so like clever it like it's just like yeah anyway i i was like the, the the reading challenge for the first time of this i did think that there was a couple of people who were like this is uh this is actually kind of reviving it a little bit yeah i don't know if i remember any of the reads but i found it like enjoyable i definitely did find it enjoyable uh episode four was the design challenge again but this time they were all given the same material which again i thought was a very clever brilliant twist brilliant twist has project runway done this uh well yes they have they will have given people the exact same material you have to make something but it does like it, it is it was just such a first of all like the weird way they had to like all like get given the different boxes and it was like oh you're labeled this and you're labeled that and like it's gonna go what's it gonna do how's it gonna and then like them all slowly realizing they all have exactly the same stuff and it was so fun seeing what different people did with exactly the same material because we all know we've all seen the show and we're like oh someone got the dud box or there was nothing good in it or what could they have done no it was this was an equal playing field and I thought that yeah. was great. Yeah, and I, I loved how it sort of it, it began the um it, the the rivalry between the hot glue gun girls and the seamstresses of the season. Like this kind of like na- this storyline of this like two groups against each other. I loved that as well. I thought it was really fun. Um but yeah, like it it, it it's an interesting turn on on like I suppose challenges we've seen all the way along through drag race, this kind of idea of you get your box full of scraps and then you need to do this. And it was as well, like, I, I can't remember, was that the challenge where someone got told, like, that their look looked a bit... Oh, no, that was the, the other design challenge later on in the season where someone said, like, your look is too kind of unconventional materials. That's not what this no, is. No, no, well, this is the last design challenge because I think that was the... That was Chaos got that critique because it was all paper, remember? Yes, yeah, exactly. And it was like, I, I think it's good to people sort of say that, that it's like, you know, when you have a design challenge on this kind of a show, it it's not... Unless they say specifically make it out of this weird stuff it's like no it needs to feel like a real garment that you could actually mm. perform in yeah no definitely uh, but yeah another fun fun twist for that is season 5 Snatch Game something felt weird about this Snatch Game as well and I know we often you know roast RuPaul for his <laughs> like raucous laughter over such mild joke but I actually think it was missing from this. I actually don't think the guffaws were big enough for the very funny moments 
that everything just sort of felt flat like I just kind of felt you are not portraying this to be as funny as you could do because I thought there were some really good performances in it and they kind of read as good not great in the edit to have I would say four solid performances on a Snatch Game panel in this dying age of Snatch Game is like a, a, it is a like it is a, a thing of beauty because you are so used to having the one or two standouts and that the rest of them are dying and like I would say we had four people who did remarkably good snatch games and maybe another one who did sort of just a fine snatch game so you so had we say Marie Curie Marie Curie Marilyn Courtney Monroe Kardashian, Marilyn Monroe and Tammy Faye Tammy Faye were the four that I'm like they were good and then I do think Jada's uh, sort of whatever Saucy Santana Saucy Santana was fine like it was neither terrible nor brilliant it was sort of just like okay and then Kimmy's Ariana was like, you know, clearly just like, you know, yeah, 404 page not found or whatever that tech term is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And then that legendary, uh, legendary like Canadian drag queen that Lady Boom Boom did. Um, yeah. yeah had I couldn't nothing make, to us. I could, didn't work out who the character was supposed to be. Now, can I, let, can I just discuss Aziz and Zari for a second? I didn't hate it. <laughs> like, it wasn't as bad as Ariana Grande. And it wasn't as, like, I had it at the same level as Saucy Santana for me. Because, okay, he's for some reason ended up in this cul-de-sac of being closeted gay but not gay but also gay. And that kind of derailed him. But in terms of the vibe and the exuberance and, like, the squeakiness of the voice, like... I kind of thought it was funny and realistic. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I... Mm. No, for me, it was... For me, it was... It, it didn't have anything of Anziz Ansari in there. And now I suppose like I was seeing it as being Anziz Ansari is Tom from Parks and Recreation. Oh, yeah. well, like, me that's too. who I yeah, was yeah. <laughs> seeing it as. And I was like, there was just none of the catchphrases like there was no treat yo there was no like treat yourself that you know or kind of and even the voice although like obviously you're not gonna be able to do like a perfect impression of it but like there was like a vocal fry like a very low register vocal fry to tom's before to tom's voice and anzi's and zari's voice that i just felt like bombay gave too much animation to so it was kind of a bit too sort of like it was there was too much like animation in the voice where it needed to be a bit flatter and I you know I so I I also like I mean to address the elephant sitting in the room I was like is he out of cancelled jail I don't know I think <laughs> Apparently he, is. he is I think he has been because he had like a comedy comeback and I think that show master of none of his has been re rejigged so I think he's been out of I think he got his uh, get out of cancel jail free card for a while but in a format like this to do him and not even mention that like what a way to save like if you if you actually say I'm gay it's like yeah I'm gay now Ru, because I'm inappropriate with women and I don't want to subject them to my creepiness anymore yeah. so now I'm going for men so like spin it like that you know you could have done something like that but yeah I think you you have to address it that you're in our soul or you have been yeah. in our soul to women I- in the past 
I I, do, I just think as well, like there there is I don't know, like I, there there must have been other characters that he could have done that, or they must have had other characters that they could have done that would have been more that just would have given more to play with, you know, like not to like culturally stereotype or anything, but like yeah, you know. There's lots of amazing Bollywood stars that there probably is, you know. Shilpa Shetty. That's exactly who I was thinking of. I, I knew was you like, were thinking. I, I was like, you have you this. seen? Have you seen the 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 the, the triumph of Shilpa Shetty on Unseen the, Brother? The only famous Indian woman. No, I but know. I was no, but I mean, like, like, kind of, you know, like there is a I don't know. Like, I just felt like a. A different character with less high expectations where like beauty within the performance and like kind of they could have been more of a look put together for it and would have given them options to like display a sort of a cultural moment as well if they wanted to. It it just it felt like I think that because everything was very, very muted about the look, it then became completely about the performance and then the performance was confusing, didn't bear any resemblance to the character and missed out on like even making the even making the kind of like the weird sort of like closeted slightly gay version of Aziz Azari funny so it's like if you were going to be closeted gay Aziz Azari and you were going to make it really funny you'll win you know yeah no I'm not saying it was good but I I just don't think it was (laughs) terrible right I'm not defending it to that degree I just was surprised like it read to me as a safe to low but it didn't read to me as like a bottom two where you know I think when the judges critiqued it they were like this that was horrendous because it, like it didn't have an objective didn't have a point of view I just took it as like a giddy hope hyperactive man of southern Asian descent and that kind of ties in line with Tom Haversham or whatever his surname is so I didn't I didn't hate it I loved Marie Curie though and I thought the actual physical gags of how she spat out teeth and how her hair was falling off and she kind of didn't really even care and the green light shining up on her and like it just went on a journey in a way and like I was thinking about it in context of like our friend show and how you couldn't really pull that off to the same degree because you have eyes on you the whole time where it's just like yeah. cameras panning off you and off and stuff. I just thought it was just really clever. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I thought it was really clever. I thought it was really funny. It was intelligent. It was done well. I, I yeah, it, it was a surprise. Like it was an unexpected, surprising choice that just you maybe didn't even necessarily see. I was a bit sad, though, because I, I felt that their impersonation of Celine Dion would have been brilliant, too. So I would have liked to see that. But no, yeah, I, I thought that was brilliant. I, I also like I really enjoyed Marilyn. I thought Marilyn was really clever. And the way it was like the point of view was like this isn't. Marilyn Monroe this is Marilyn Monroe as constructed by the male gaze like I I I was like this is I was like this is like this is like meta performance at a level and like that the answer like the thing I laughed the most at over the entire season was probably like the really long drawn out answer it was like oh sorry tits, tits. <laughs> <laughs> and again th- I think that would have killed in front of Rue and Michelle and like, yeah, Tracy and Brad and Brooke laughed, but like, we're used to like a nine on the rocker scale for a nine out of ten joke. And we didn't, we got like a six on the rocker scale. So I just kind of felt 
it didn't do the Queen's justice and how funny it was. No, no, I'd, I'd agree with you. And I think then what, what ended up happening is like one of the best Snatch games that we've probably had in a really long time ended up feeling sort of just like, you know, flatline a bit. And there's been like worse Snatch games that have felt like much better, even though even though they weren't because of the way that like Rue was able to bring that energy. And that is something that they should like, I do probably need to, to address. And yeah, and I think I think it's actually a good counterpoint to our point of view in UK. This about how he kind of how Rue ruins the Snatch Game by getting people to do other characters and stuff like that. He obviously does bring something to it that we weren't giving him credit for, but he's also taking something away from it that he's not getting credit for either. So, yeah, mixed bag. But yeah, I think it was definitely one of the stronger challenges I think for the whole cast. Um, episode six was the makeup palette. I think out of all the challenges, this one for me was the most meh. It was fine. Like, it was just, like, it, it, it th- this one was the one where I kind of was, like, I'm sort of done with the product placement. Like, there's a lot of, like, oh, my God, I, I was just chatting to Fierce Licious over at the Nivea Water Wipe Station before I took a turn at the Shoppers Drug Rart Fashion f- Collect Market. Like, it just, like, there's a lot more product placement in, dra- in Canada's Drag Race. You know? And this one, I, I was a bit, like, oh, right, I'm over it now. Like, I, I yeah, because I can't I don't begrudge was- them, though. Like, it, that's kind of to the heritage of the show. Like, the Mm, I love this drink. No. True. Yeah, that is true. I want an absolute... I want, like... What's his name? Uh, Passer in Party Bottom, whatever his name was, back again on the on the judging panel. <laughs> Party Bottom. Just threw that one out there so quickly. I didn't catch yeah. it. I, um, after watching episode seven, which was the Rusical, I actually went back to watch the Rusical in season two because I was like that was a really good Rusical I don't remember the Rusical in season two being that good and then when I watched it I was like god the Rusical in season two was really good as well under the big top that I'm like why why don't I remember these Rusicals as being better or, or being as good as they were like I thought they were like well written thought they were funny the songs were catchy like better than some of the US ones by far yeah I um yeah I really enjoyed this musical. I thought it was probably the best, like one of the best musicals we've ha- had. And also we kind of was its own, its own story. Was it like a riff on like White Lotus? Was it on like Bridesmaids? Like what, what was the Yeah, I think the, the, the Bridesmaids but... slash Girls Trip. Yeah, um, but I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. It was clever. The The performances were really good. The, the choreography was really good. Like each person got a time to shine. There was no, there was none of those sort of like, you know, two line like the you know the the Black Pepper Dakota characters from the the, the UK when a few, couple of weeks ago, which is like basically you've got two lines in order to move the story on, but like you don't actually do anything else. So I I really thought it was great. I loved it. Like, and I've actually listened to it back, which is not something I've done with a musical soundtrack in a in a, a long while. time. Yeah, and it was one of the episodes that I was like, God, no one deserves to go home. Like, I kind of feel they all deserve a just a pass the next episode. Like. I'd, you'd be gutted if you went home with this one which is when Irma Gerd went home um, so yeah really really strong so well done to them uh, 8 then was the, was the ball challenge that was kind of fun not I, no I felt I, I, I got kind of frustrated because this was like of course across the season particularly say with, with, with Vivian Vanderpuss like you had this kind of like narrative of like someone who was like snapping at the heels of a win the entire time and it was like such a like with their performance in the ball or in the, the musical the previous week they had done so well it really was this moment of like oh my god and it felt like okay here's somebody who's kind of like rising to 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 meet the moment and it's like that sort of 
for them then to go home the following week and to get critiques that I don't think were particularly fair and like to I feel have ended up in the bottom to in order to like I would say save Jada it, you know it just was like you know yeah I, I I really was just like I felt like it was kind of it, that that sort of put me off this because I actually really loved it I thought there were some great looks I thought Miss Fierce Licious absolutely deserved to win this like there yeah agreed. Matthew Anderson was like a really clever throwback and also like a bit kind of like you know edgy for them to pick someone who is like you know very famously on Rue's hate list now um, after being axed back in season nine, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then, like there, I loved that that Josephine Baker kind of like thing we've seen that like Josephine Baker repped a couple of times. This is definitely the best, I think, and that like reveal into it's brilliant. And, and then the, the look that she made herself was, was spectacular. And I thought I felt like Vivian's looks, like Vivian's looks were fine, and her like once she made herself was really good and like was very on brand for who she is, you know, like that sort of like, you know, older sort of starlet, the Diane Keaton kind of style of you know sort of you know, starlet wearing a a suit kind of like masculine energy like that, that was very up her kind of street. So I felt like the critiques for her were unfair, and you're kind of saying oh like the immaculate tailcoat and pants that you made are really kind of like not giving us everything we want. Whereas this like stretch Jersey, basically condom dress that Jada has made and put some sort of stuffing on the front of, we're all to like gag over, you know? Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't there for that. That way I was just like, I I felt it was pushing a narrative rather than sort of allowing the chips fall where they may, which had been the hallmark of this season. Yeah, true. And I think definitely of any episode, this is the one where Miss Fierce Delicious showed the chops that she had as a drag queen and why she deserved to get that far and probably why I felt like she was about to win in the next episode um because she definitely deserved to win and I I genuinely think Giselle was not too far behind her like I think she also did a pretty good job like I loved her um oh what's your man's name the sailor guy uh yes yeah him yeah like that sort of like inspired look and yeah, it's just she always has such like a French perspective through her fashion. Like a lot of it just felt like whenever I watch you know, call my agent, like some of the just chic stuff and Celine coming in there as well. Like, yeah, I thought she did a really, really good job. And then the other three were kind of up for grabs and Kimmy definitely deserved to be in the bottom because it, it was very similar. A lot of yeah, it. like I and think her, she... her first her mask for mask look was really good. Like it was really interesting. Um, and then the other but then two, the inco- felt... incognito when she did the grinder profile, like there was a good message to say some people hide behind no profile pic. But then she came out as a club kid and was like, "Oh, is that who? He, is that who you are?" Cause we haven't seen that in the last seven episodes. So yeah, yeah. like it, it would have been yeah it, that would have I think have been a a space maybe for her if she had thought more thoughtfully about the look she was going to reveal too and have it have been something that was like kind of celebrating her cultural heritage or celebrating her transness that it would have been a message of kind of like you know you know out from like i'm in certain spaces forced to hide the things that make me beautiful but instead it was like oh now i'm gonna wear a pointy hat you know Um, and then finally, it was the finale, which was a bit of a dud. I can't even remember the name of that song. Was it True North, Strong and Fierce? Was that yeah, the name True song? North, Strong and Fierce. It was a bad, it was a bad song. Like it was, it was not enjoyable. 
you know, and I mean, I get like having to pump out these songs for all of these different series. Like it's, it's difficult enough, I'm sure, to keep them exciting and interesting. But yeah, no. But a great final lip sync, I thought. I loved that. A New Day Will Come so between good. Jada and So Giselle. good. Like it, it had the power of like some of like... I, it it had the power of, of 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 like the natural woman lip sync with um Latrice Royale is like kind of one of the only sort of ones that I really remember where it's like the that like intentional slow delivery of like emotion. I was like, we or never get to see Tori G and Chi Chi, and I'm yes. telling you, I'm not going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You so rarely get to see that on 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 Drag Race, and it was brilliant. So so good. Yeah. Right. Uh, we did. Do we get? To, we didn't get to talk about all the runways, but I think we've pretty much covered a lot of them. Like sidewalk to catwalk, I guess we covered goddesses of the ancient world. We've mentioned some of our favorite looks. Not the most fun, like out of all of this, not the most inventive concept, I guess. Sleeves was fun. Bitch stole my look challenge. That was clever. Periodic table. That was Excellent. the best runway really category. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, it really was. Um, paint, I thought was clever. Like I know Spain did a similar version, but it was like specifically. Famous Spanish, Spanish artworks. Yeah. This was kind of more of an open concept. And I think it worked better. Yeah, and I think as well, like it, it you, you like again, like to to continue the Miss Fierce standum, but like I think that that was another moment where kind of you really saw the fact that she is not just the typical brand panties fashion queen. Like that, like choice that she made of like the girl of the swing was so like it was such an intelligent look. It was brilliant. Yeah definitely like that that was really clever it was kind of almost like a much better you know well executed version of maddie morphus's old woman bent over look remember yes (laughs) i do (laughs) (laughs) um yes that was much clever uh dystopian drag clever idea i don't think we got a whole lot of greatness from it we got i think like I, i felt like the um the like Lady Boom Boom's look was brilliant in that with the the fact that it had like the, the sort of I think the, she was gone home at that point through. no no was that not the one where she had like the 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 oil moving through the like rig and stuff she lip synced I felt in that one maybe she went home in it I think that was I think that was her um, periodic table look because it was the chemical of whatever was in the well the that look on her was great in that whatever yes. that one was so <laughs> uh Right, so that's any any closing thoughts on Canada season three? Uh, yeah, I I feel like Canada is kind of like I think I said this already in the in the, the sort of Queen counter thing is that the Canada I feel is sort of a bit of a sleeper hit for me. I think it's kind of like I think it is coming into its own. It's finding its feet. It's I think the the casting is really good. The tasks are really good. They they maybe need to look at sort of the production of like the storytelling a little bit more. But other than that, like I, I think that it is kind of taking over even from sort of like the, the UK for being like one that you would be like, this is, you know, this is like a really excellent example of the drag from this location. Like I, I, I was, I was excited watching it made me feel excited and think that this is actually a series that is like going from strength to strength. Yeah, like I would say none of the three Canada seasons was worse than UK season three. Yeah, no, completely. Like I, I would say now that, you know, like if, if you're kind of like doing a, a a ranking of all of the various sort of franchises and, and, and series, like I think that Canada is definitely up there with Spain as being kind of the people who have taken it 
put their own stamp on it to the best degree and really understand what they're doing with it. So yeah, like I think that they've they've done good and Brooke is coming into her own as a host. I'm glad that they have like settled the 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 actual judges panel because like it was a bit like, you know, we had our... I did miss Amanda though. I would like her to come back. I do. I would I, I would like her to come back. I miss her. Um I think that's that Brad Goreski is brilliant though. I really love and enjoying Brad Goreski. I think he's a great judge. And I, I like Tracy as well, but she is my least favourite of Stacey McKenzie, Amanda Bruegel and Tracy Belcher. Yeah, I would love them to get Stacey McKenzie back for even just like a pop in to say hi as like a guest judge. That would be brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out. Um, thank you for listening. We'll be back relatively soon. I don't, I don't know which one we're going to do next, but we'll, we'll be keep chipping away at, at our back, <laughs> at our homework. Back Uh, Thank you for supporting us here in the workroom And we'll talk to you very soon See you, love you, bye Bye